0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to win the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Avery the Second, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. A roster that's two and six, so certainly not a roster that's uh, winning yet this season. But you know, hopefully, they can start putting some pieces together. Um, we'll put something together toward winning a seventh Lombardi Trophy. However, um, much in the future that is going to be. Um, and I hope you enjoyed that little change there on our usual intro. And so, putting in the minds of Omar Khan um, has been an interesting one. I think you know he's someone that's you know going to be really um, aggressive in the market. I think we've seen that over the last 24 hours to the point this goes to air. So. Before he even made these moves, I actually had put in the BTC selection. We submit our titles a few days early, and I put one about reforging the Steelers, and basically felt like it's a bit of a nice mid-season, particularly because it has been eight games. Um, you know, obviously it's seventeen games, but you know it would have been halfway through in the old um, the old logic, but in uh, twenty before the 21, 2021 season. So I thought I was just thinking like who's looking like they're not worth bringing back at this point or the jury's a little bit out on them. And then who's definitely starting to show up and take, you know, I really make a difference. Obviously as I said last 24 hours, we've had the trade, um, there of Chase Claypool to the bears for a second round draft pick. So I'll cover him as I cover the offense in part one, we'll talk about William Jackson and his addition in part two. when we talk about the defense, um, but needless to say, there's certainly some a level of aggressiveness there. Um, by the time this goes to air, you've probably the Scobro show probably covered these trades. Um, Jeff Hartman's podcast, I think, knowing on the change of the title, was going to cover some of these moves as well. Um, but as I, I had this title in mind, and it was a lot broader than just um, these these two moves. Um, now, obviously, some of those podcasts I don't I don't get to Scobro show. I miss because I'm I'm working. Um, Dave's sorry. um Jeff's let's ride, we'll go to air before I even, I'll get to hear it only when everyone else hears it. So apologies for any overlap, but at least you'll get my opinion on what they are um, as well as this is the wheelhouse of what war rooms all about. So I basically went position by position and I thought rather than focus on who's in, who's out, I'm going to talk about who I'd keep right now. If if I was Omar Khan, Um, so, so we'll do offense in part one, we'll do defense in part two, um well, There's no game this week, so I don't really I don't have to really preview the the rookies um, of an opposing team. So that's out. You know, we might get there a little bit in terms of what rookies are doing so far on the season for the Steelers, but that that's that's sort of I've taken that into stock um, and I've taken that into account uh, as we go through um, these players that we want to keep. And so I think best place to start is you know really the quarterback position, leader of the offense, Kenny Pickett. Tough game for him. Completion rate of 60.66.9%, 191 yards. So 25 from 38. Um, sorry, 65.79%. His quarterback rating list is 66.9. Um, sack six times. It's a tough day at the office. One interception, no TDs. Um, seven rushes on the day for 37 yards. That's an average of 5.29. Um, played all the offensive snaps. But that was Philadelphia. That was the game in Philadelphia. You obviously keep him. You know, the, the, Kenny Pickett deserves a chance to really prove he's a franchise quarterback. I think he's got what it takes. You just got to put the right pieces around him. So that's kind of interesting from from that perspective when you talk about where the Steelers might be angling in terms of next year's draft. Now, you look at the other guys in the room. I think you move Mitch Trubisky. Now, I don't think he's going to get a lot of takers in the NFL. I think with the cap number, it kind of makes it a little bit interesting in terms of what you're actually going to do with him. But I do think you try and move him. Um, And I mean, he's only, but you can cut him. It's only going to cost you, impact you by 2.625 million dead, you know, the cap saving to be 8 million. So it's not the worst. And I say that because I bring. If he's up for it and you promise him that he's the backup, um, I'd bring back Mason Rudolph. Quite honestly, the way this offense is going right now, particularly with a, a new player other than Canada, knowing that what Trubisky did, he's obviously not going to have a chance to be the starter in Pittsburgh. I think you try and move him if you can. Uh, it just I don't see why you wouldn't. Um, and, you know, Mason... I think there, maybe we model him into a bit more of the Charlie Batch um, sort of type player, long-term backup, um, Landry Jones sort of style. But I can understand if Mason goes, I'm done with this, I'm going to move on. But look, that's just how I feel based on the quarterbacks on the roster at this point in time, because Mitch clearly is not the answer. Um, So, I mean, at least we didn't have to play Mason yet. Um, We always have to play him. Uh, in terms of Kenny getting injured or Kenny not being ready um, to this point. Let's move on to the running back position. I've got Jalen Warren for sure. He's staying on this roster. You don't bring back Benny Snail, um, and I call him Benny Snail. He's Snail Pace. Anthony McFarland is still on the rookie contract next year. So I think I've got that correct. Um, so you bring him back. um provided that you're happy with his health and injuries and all that sort of stuff. Um, Najee Harris. Now, yes, they're going to bring back their first-round pick. A lot of people talked about would you move him. If you got an offer, I think you got to listen. I don't think you're going to get an offer Uh, that's a first-rounder. I'm not sure you get a second-rounder. Is he worth a third rounder? Well, you're probably getting a decent running back in next year's draft and the dime a dozen. Um, so, you know, not, a, not the best running backs are done. a dozen, but you can get good running backs for, for cheaper. Now he does have a massive cap. Yet, so you're probably not moving him even next year. He's probably playing out the full four years on his rookie deal. Um, would I, if a running back fell in the draft, would I be afraid of getting him number two or three? Heck no. Um, absolutely heck no. Particularly if they get a top 10 pick and at the top cornerback or offensive tackle, who I think are the most important needs right now off the board, you totally trade back and get more picks. And that's where they could bring in a really good running back in the second or third round. So that's kind of how I'm feeling about the running back position. Wide receiver. George Pickens, hundred percent. No reason why you'd ever move him um, at this point. I, I don't know. I can't see why there would be. John T. Johnson. His his deal. You you're not really able to do much with that. It's too much of a hit. Unless you got a really good trade that made the the cap the dead you know the dead money worth it. Um, I think his trade his cut one is eleven million. His trade one is also a million pre June post June cut. It's five minutes, so you could move him after the draft if you really felt that you got good value out of some wide receivers there, but um, or you got someone good in free agency. But it's a kind of for what you want for Deontay. I don't... Really, I, it's kind of hard. And you probably want to give him another year. And he'll probably finish this year stronger than what he started um, <laughs> as well. Now, it's a lot more friendly in 2024. That's when I think they would move him, particularly because he's got a roster bonus for $3 million, um in 2024. But, you anyway, know, so is there. Calvin Austin's there, obviously, bringing back. Now, I think Boykin deserves a look. He's not on calling to, to over the cap. Miles um, Boykin is not there... And I think that should be right in terms of the deal he signed in 2023. Look, I think you have a look at him. I think he's got a chance to play down the stretch. I like what he's got to do with Claypool gone. He can do a lot of that. got special teams value, too. And stay with Steven Sims, I think, let's see what he's doing. Let's see if he can stay healthy. Um, I'm probably more positive about bringing back Boykin than I am Sims, but... Um, you know, I, I've always liked Steven Sims as well since he entered the NFL, and I think he's—I think he can do things um, when you put him into space. Tight end position, Gentry, Haywood, freemouth. Now, I am of the view, I'm not a Derek Watt fan, haven't been. I know he does some stuff on special teams. In my mind, you play, you change how you want to use a fullback position, kind of have it more of an H-back role. Um, because I'm assuming Canada is going to be gone as part of the reforging. Um, that's the other way. that's a chink in the armor. Um, but I think, I think you move, um, kind of, uh, sorry, Derek, what look for other, I think guys like Miles killerbrew and if you, and you know, there's someone else you can find, um, out there that can do the job as well. Um, but I think you move Hayward to fullback if you can, and then you can bring in a rookie tight end, um, or look for a more vertical threat. At tight end as well, given you've got the blocker in Gentry and Freeman can do both. Um, but that's kind of how I'd address fullback and tight end. Understand if they go out and get a fullback in and in, in Haywood stays as that second or third tight end. But I I prefer to go bigger and, and more receivers, or more receiving in that position. Make make this the defense have to second guess around free move. On the offensive line, Dodson's back, cheap million dollars. He's he ain't going anywhere. He's improving along the line as well. You're not you're not touching him. Kendrick Green, you're probably not as a depth piece. Again, he's cheap unless you've got an offer for him. Dan Moore Jr., same thing. But I am up for them drafting a tackle. And he actually played a bit of guard in college. I'd be open to seeing if they got a good tackle who they felt really high on um, green wasn't forming training camp in going into 2020 the 2023 season right now from where I'm just where I'm sitting midway through the year. I think you'd look at moving down more and would, would then green just be purely the backup at the center Cole, I don't think he's the long-term center for the Steelers, and I'm open to using a top three draft pick on him. I'm probably more confident about bringing in a veteran, um, a veteran center or someone that comes off contract or, um, an intern particularly. Um, but whether there's someone that's available, you know, you never know there that's in terms of available via, via a trade, um, or that's cut, that's not necessarily available right now. Um that's, that's kind of an interesting sort of perspective. There are a lot of centers that are out. Um, Garrett Bradby's probably the one that I like the best in terms of experience from the Vikings. Bradley Bozeman's out there, you know, So sort of like the best center in the league <laughs> by any stretch. Um, so they're probably the two guys. I mean, Conor McGovern from the Jets, but I think they'll re-sign him. Um, Austin Blathrow, out like last year, and I wish they'd gotten, um, but... I think the Seahawks will keep him for depth there. They want to just keep some, you know, stability there, particularly he's having a good year because Geno Smith's having a better year than people expected. Um, So Bradby's probably your top target um, there, but but we'd have to see. And then James Daniels, of course, um, you keep him. Obviously, you keep him. He's got a great deal. And so that kind of covers really with the offense, um from that perspective but really i think the the offensive line is if you look at this is where i want to see change i think there's room to draft a second third fourth round wide receiver there's opportunities to go get someone um in free agency potentially there's a lot of wide receivers um that are off the board like available guys like dj chalk i'm available um he's available and i'm a fan of not i'm available and he's a fan <laughs> um so there's guys like that that i that i think could really deliver some value juju's off contract again go out and get him um would be my my thing um i'd love to see him go out and get juju smith juice to bring him back i think he would do i think he would be really good for pickett uh, be like any I you know really experienced, nice runner there. Jarvis Lange is available, had a few injuries this year, someone that's he's on my fantasy team, don't. Uh, Alan Lazard's gonna be available. So if they want a guy like a claypool, they can bring in a big guy like that. But I would be surprised that the Packers wouldn't want to keep him unless they're really not happy there. Um again I, he's a player I'd flux out at tight end, you know, tomorrow. That's just the way I'd approach it. Sterling Shepherd will be available. So there's some there are some names out there, Michael Hardman. I'd really like to see them I'd love to see the Steelers bring back Juju. Um so that that would be what I would do. But with that, we're gonna take a break on Steel's Warren joint for part two. We'll talk all defense and how the Steelers can reforge that. Uh and yeah, looking forward to it starting off with addressing the William Jackson the third pickup. Nothing. Back on Steelers Warham, I'm your host this week of the show, Maddie Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, and the rest of the Steelers front offices. They look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond, a roster that's got some catching up to do to get to a winning record. Now, I actually missed something. What I was going to say about the Claypool trade as well um, with the Bears. So, obviously, Claypool, they got the second round draft pick. There was a mistake in the reporting that that was the one that... um the Bears got for the Ravens trade with Roquan Smith. No, it's their original pick, which is probably draft. Now the draft network, I reckon, was going to be a, th- a 35 to top 50 pick. Now, I'm sorry, I meant to cover this off in, in part one. When, you, when I went back to the draft network this afternoon before I record this on my Wednesday night, and then it goes live on your Wednesday afternoon, I went back and had a look at what they said about the draft. And they said the best pick was Alex Highsmith, which I think we can all agree with that. Um, from that draft, then they said the biggest surprise of the draft was the Steelers picking Chase Claypool because there was a slew of talent, talented CBs available, um, and despite having Joe Hayden, Mike Hilton, Stephen Nelson, Hayden was thirty-one, um, you know that's that's not great for for cornerbacks. Um, Mike Hilton was coming off contract. Stephen Nelson. Um, wasn't necessarily the top guy or the future as the number one cornerback. And they left guys like Christian Fulton, who I think has done all right in the NFL, Jalen Johnson, who's done really well, and Trayvon Diggs. They left all those guys on the board. Um, and they were picked off the board in the next 12 picks. So that was pretty crazy. Um, and so they thought it was funny. They then said that the X-Factor pick was Chase Claypool. And they said it was a surprising pick for a number of reasons. Aside from um, the dynamics that they had outlined around cornerback, they said it was really raw. um, So they were surprised to see the Steelers invest their top pick um, while up against the end of Roethlisberger's career shot clock. And so it's a fascinating subplot. subplot. Um, And if the Steelers got a different version of Claypool than what what we saw on tape on Notre Dame, they'll be justified to make the pick. Um but if route running development offsets his early impact, Pittsburgh may desire a Mulligan. Um and then there's an author's note that says, you know, though I should think better to question the Steelers about drafting a wide receiver prospect. Did Steelers draft a Mulligan? Or should the Steelers desire Mulligan with this? Um Chase Claypool obviously has been traded now. Um yeah before, you know, midway through his third year in the league. Now, in fairness to Claypool, I don't think he's a good guy. I thought he had a pretty heartbreaking like Instagram post about leaving. But, you know, it it wasn't necessarily showing up on the field. And I always questioned. I always thought he was a vertical tight end. I worried about that. I swept it away when we drafted and got sucked into the hype. But through year one and year two, it's just what I've thought. And it's what I've done and things like a Madden or whatever. But I've said it to Marky D for a while, who I host Touch Down Under with every Friday night live on YouTube and Facebook goes to air on Sunday morning before the game. So... Yeah, I mean it is what it is with Chase Claypool. Now, they also did an analysis of whether the Bears won the trade, and they said it was kind of interesting. They talked about the Bears entering the trade deadline with the 32 ranked or worst passing offense. Um, you know, he only compete Fields only completed 7 to 23 for one five one yards, 151 yards, two touchdowns and no interceptions against the Cowboys. Needed a weapon. Um you know, with Darnell Mooney, they've got now one-two punch that they lacked. George Pickens has stepped up. They talked about Deontay Johnson signed a two-year deal. He's in there now. Ch- Claypool's got 32 receptions for 311 yards and one touchdown. Um, but Matt Canada's delivering a year low in yards per reception. He'd been a little bit vocal about the offense. Um, you know, so they sort of said, alluded to... Pittsburgh getting a really good pick, probably 35 to 50 range. You know, Claypool needs to become a go-to for the Bears to, to to sort of work out whether the Bears overpaid or not. But if they to my mind, if they didn't have a second wide receiver, then they haven't overpaid because who knows, you've got to make that pick turn out to be something to make the the trade, you know, worth it. Um, in in the end, you know, for on the Steelers' side. So now the Steelers draft well traditionally. But it's not a it's not a slam dunk straight away for the Steelers. Um, I think the interesting thing, you know, with that trade is just that we get a draft pick that we can now use on capital. And I think I've talked a little bit about that in um, week, uh, sorry, part one. All right, now we'll get into the defense part two, proper part two. William Jackson III, that's where we're going to kick it off. We'll talk about his trade. Obviously, I'm probably keeping him when we go to the cornerback position. But William Jackson III is someone that still Steelers acquired there. Um, they really liked him in the draft back when they picked Artie, Artie Burns in 2016. Cincinnati picked before them. They picked William Jackson III. We've had to watch him go play in an average Bengals team. Um, he'll earn a base salary of five million this season, 750 in per game bonuses, and a base salary of 9.25 million next season. Now, next season as well, he still has those game bonuses of $750,000, and he has a workout bonus as well of $250,000, and a roster bonus of 2.5 million. So if the Steelers, basically don't bring him back um, before the roster bonus, which I'm assuming he's a March 31 designation, then they can save $12 million. So there's no loss here. If he's really not in a good way, Steelers don't lose out. If he is in a good way, the Steelers get a top-quality guy. Yes, he's over 30, but can get him for another season, help strengthen the defense. Um, So I really like it uh, from that perspective. I've liked it. You know, for a long time, I'd mentioned it when he was disgruntled on BJC Slack. I think Andrew Woolbar said the same thing, if I remember correctly. Um, so I think that's a really good thing. The Steelers obviously liked him. This is not a surprise when you think about Carl Joseph, how they liked him in the draft and never brought him in. But if you look at William Jackson's stats, William Jackson, the third stats, I should say, uh, 51 pass defenses in his career, five interceptions. This is over six years. Um, one fumble. Um, which I assume it's a fumble recovery from the way they've done that there. Yeah, one sack, um, 205 tackles, uh, six tackles for a loss, one quarterback hit. AV of 20, which is pretty good for us on this pro football offense. It's pretty good for a CB. Maybe not quite first round, just below. So probably more like a second, what you get from a really good second round draft pick. Um, He's played four, only four games this year. He's not played really a full season since his second year in the league. So that's something to note um as well he's up until this year he has never allowed more than a 60% completion in his career he's never allowed more than 600 yards and he's probably been the, the at least the the second if not the best cornerback on the teams he was in in Cincinnati and in Washington um he's never allowed more than 8.2 yards per target um that was back in his second year um from that perspective season high last year two interceptions Uh, this year he's averaging 7.9 yards per target. Uh, touchdowns. He's never, he did let in seven in his rookie year, then three in his second year, four in his third year, um, six in 2021 and only two so far on the season. Um, so he's about on pace for that six, but you know, it might be different if he's not the Steelers top cornerback. Um, that'll be the interesting thing, whether he's placed there or whether it's Levi Wallace. Um, Depth of target is the lowest it's been in his career. So that's interesting that he's not letting in the most yards. So he's not passed it by any means. Um, and he certainly allows a really low yak yardage as well, only allowing 29 this season on 161 yards. Now, the other thing that I really like about William Jackson the Third two, is his missed tackle rate is pretty low. Most seasons it's been under 9%, apart from his rookie year and then apart from last year when I think he was asked to do a little bit much uh there over at the Washington football team. So as I say, I really like the pick. He's played like literally over, apart from his rookie year where he played 66%, he's played over 80 snap 80% of the defensive snaps his whole career in the game, you know, in um in terms of the seasons he's played. He um in terms of when he's been available as well. In year two Year four and year five, that was over 93% as well. So he can definitely, he's definitely a big contributor. When he's healthy, he's there, he's playing, he's someone you want on the team. Um, So yeah, I I really like the pickup for the Steelers. And so that's a good segue into the guys they should keep. So we'll start off with cornerback then Jackson, Wallace, Morette, Sutton. Now, Sutton could be a trade target. I could see the Steelers, they got an offer. Look to move him, particularly if they got a, a top cornerback in next year's draft, where I think it's a top need. I think you need to bring someone in that you can invest five years into developing. Um, the other thing about Witherspoon as well, if you've got to trade for him, I don't know who's really going to trade for him, um, but you can move him. Um, next year, you really, really can. Um, you can save 4 million. You can only have a capital of 1.482 million. Someone might want him as their number two. Um, I think he's probably our number three behind a draft pick, um, Jackson, Wallace, um, and maybe even Sutton So he's almost like the fourth cornerback, which is, is kind of works. Um, Pierre, James Pierre, I'm kind of, I've never been a fan of him. I don't still think he warrants it. I think this is probably would bring back, I wouldn't. Um, but I like Morette. Um, so that's kind of the four I'd bring back, but you could bring back with a spoon and it would just be advantageous um at the same time. So it's sort of just depend on what the Steelers are feeling, really. Looking at safety, I think it's Mink and Norwood Edmonds. and I've still got Killabrew because I think Killerbrew provides stuff on special teams. Edmonds, I think you bring back, you've got to give him six six to six and a half a year. I'd give him five point eight salary with a one point three to one point five bonus. Um, bring him back on a four-year maybe. I I think he's what twenty eight, I think, this year. Um, but I'd be I'd be looking at I'll pull that out while I'm talking. Um but I'd be bringing him back around that because I think he's shown just how important he is. Um, for the Steelers' defense and for Minka. Yeah, so he's 25 this year, right? So he he was really young when he was drafted. So you can bring bring him back on a four-year deal, take him out to his 30. Um, You know, maybe that's when you do the switch to inside linebacker that people have talked about before. I also think you probably want to draft someone, and I think you want to draft someone in the first four rounds. Um, You know, I think of where Nick Cross went last year, um, you know, and then what he offered, maybe there's a safety prospect. And safeties have done pretty well that have had like not been of draft hype, um, in the last couple of years. Guys like Javon Holland have showed up amazingly, as we saw from weeks back. Um, you know, Trayvon Mooreg, you know, there's definitely some safeties out there that have really developed, um, from their draft status. Inside linebacker, Miles Jack, you bring back Robinson, you bring back. I think Splains, maybe let's depend, I think it depends on his exclusive. I guess he's he's an, an unrestricted free agent next year again. Um, so that just goes back to what do you want to do with him? And how much is he gonna cost? He, um he may be a restricted free agent. Um I'm not sure which he fell under. I know he was a restricted free agent this past offseason. Um and I have them bring him back Devin Bush. Depends what Devin Bush's expectation is, it depends what um he's offered elsewhere. I think put it in a competitive offer low like maybe low ball him a little bit compared to where the rest of the league is sitting. But let him test the waters like Edmonds and perhaps he decides he wants to stay um in Pittsburgh. I mean if you get him on like a five to six Miller year deal, I think that's worth it. I really do. Um for him and let him and Miles Jack you know develop a really nice partnership together. Um I, I like it. I, I really think if you can get him for about six, I think that's a that's a steal. Because for top safety or a top inside linebacker, you are looking at $12 million. If you can get Edmonds and Bush there, and that's continuity, I think you'd take that. I know my mate Shannon White won't like that one, though. Then you've got an outside linebacker. I think, really, it just comes down to, um, really, TJ Watt, Smith, Malik Reed's off contract. I think we see him bringing back. I could see him as someone else just offering him more money. Um and they're the they're the only real guys that I like there. I think you're gonna to have to find someone in the free agency, um, even if it's a veteran cheap. And I think you gotta bring you gotta bring a draft in there, you've got to bring a fourth or fifth rounder in that you're gonna develop, maybe they even use a second rounder. But it depends whether they want to keep Highsmith or not. Whereas I think Highsmith is a stealer for the next four to five, even six years, um, but at least on a four-year deal. So with that being said, I mean, unless he's off you know, you probably we're waiting till the next draft before you're picking someone. And then you can use a top pick as well. Um, so there your th- there's, your, there's your three. But, I mean, Reid's a big question mark, I think, at this stage. Then we move down. I've gone all over the place of the order that I actually wrote. Then you've got defensive and in defensive tackle. I've grouped those two together. I've got Loudermilk, Haywood, Adams, Leal, who are all on contract. Ogun Jovi, if the price is right, and that's more on the Steelers. That's their fault for not investing in him. Obviously, you want him to get fit. But I think even if you get, you know, 10 games out of him a year with the development, hopefully we see from DeMarvin Leal um, and, you know, Isaiah Loudermilk, that should be enough, I think. Um, Wormley, i bring him back if it's team-friendly, but I'm not investing more than $2 million in him. I'm just not. So that that's what it comes down to. I also... Worry that he start to stunt. Oh, I should have said as well. And so linebacker. I, yeah, I did say back um, Mike Robinson, but I think when you look at Wormley, he's going to have to really be a benefit for the team. And I'm not sure. Um, I'm just not sure that I want him taking snaps off other guys and you could bring in another You know, sixth round, fifth round, defensive tackle, depending on how it falls, and develop that guy. because we're going to need to replace Cameron Hayward at some point as well. That's the other thing. Um, And then I would say as well, just from a um, cornerback position, I would bring back Josh Jackson too. That's someone I would be looking at um, for sure. He's definitely someone there. Now, I know there are a bunch of practice squad guys like Elijah Riley, Quincy Wilson, John McGlue. Um, Cody White, Carlos Davis, Chapel Russell, Ronell Wren, William Dunkel, Drew Dawson, Rodney Williams II, Mark Gilbert, Ryan McCollum, David Anne, um, Jason Huntley, and Nick Skiba that are all there right now on the practice squad. Some of those guys you bring back, some of the guys you won't. It's really hard to stay until you've been through a full offseason and a draft. So with that, I hope you enjoyed this week's Steelers, Warren. Looking at which guys I'd keep in terms of a reforging the Steelers. Obviously, I've alluded to getting better the veterans, using free agency, um, using the draft, because I think the Steelers are going to have to have a really good off-season if they want to turn this around um, next year and at least be in a stage where they're in the realms of possibility for the playoffs. Because I think, unfortunately, guys, I think, you know, guys and gals, I think we're in for a, a tougher slide after the bye. I do think they've got a minimum of five wins in them, but it's going to be hard to see. With that, as always, go Steelers.